Welcome to the Plebeian Power Hour with your hosts, Tipper and Kim. And today we're going to be talking about uh, the end of the world, World War Three, <laughs> maybe. World War Three. We've been sort of touching on pieces of this as we talk about our relations in the United States and Russia, the United States and Korea, North Korea, the United States and China. China. But we did not know until we did this how much we needed to look into the United States and Iran. Because one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this topic is because obviously there have been tensions escalating in the Middle East, including a U.S. base that was attacked in Jordan, but it's on the edge of Syria and Iraq, and, and it was attacked by some Iran-backed groups, and people died, and now the United States is... So the U- U.S. is retaliating. Retaliating, that's the word. And the U.S. did some retaliations, and one of the ones that they did was they launched the, you know, missile, a drone, or hybrid, or whatever, and they killed an Iranian, I believe it was a general. It was in Iraq. It was and, in his car. He was in his yeah. car. Mm-hmm. And, and basically they just you know blew him up in retaliation. Yes. So that just starts kind of this, all right, so... Now, Iran is saying, well, now you guys are going to pay for that. Yeah, because when I thought of this, I thought, uh-oh, you don't, you don't make Iran man. They're crazy. <laughs> they're not as crazy as North Korea, but they're, they're really emotional and they get really offended. And so I was like, uh-oh, only to find out that this kind of issue, this relationship that they have with the United States has been just terrible for a long time. For, a, for an extremely long time. Yeah. And there is a part of me. There's, I have this thing where, for the most part, I'll, I'll excuse the bad behaviors of other countries more than I'll excuse the bad behaviors of the U.S. Really? Why? Um, They're not because as... that's not my country. Like, mm. I, want, I have no control over what Iran does. But in theory, I have control over what the U.S. does. Okay. And so I want the U.S. to be a better actor. I want Iran to, but what am I going to do about that? Well, unfortunately, that gives them, from our perspective, the, like, we sort of imply that they're very stupid. Because we're like, I don't, ah. I don't think Iran is stupid at all. What I, I think they are a little bit stupid. But I do also think that they are very, you know, capable of operating kind of government. So I, I think that they're, they have very, very smart people. Yeah, but they picked China and Russia over the United States, so they are very stupid. <laughs> but if you look, if you go back in history and understand why they did that. Why did they do that? Why don't you talk about that? Well, so go back far enough and figure out what happened to their government. The U.S. went in and essentially started messing around and set up uh, essentially like a U.S. based uh, government in mm-hmm. Iran, and the Iranian people kind of revolted, and then they put in their, uh, you know, the Ayatollah guy or whatever. Oh, yeah. and, and since then, so they they just have this natural thing of the U.S. is is messing around with our government. The U.S. Why got Iraq to attack Iran. What? Yeah. See, I did not. A- Normally, I'm the one that goes back, right? Normally, I'm the one that's like, when did this start? Oh, the earth exploded and all the particles came together. And I go back that far. But this time, I am like a chicken with my head cut off. 
I have no idea what you're talking about. So I, I think that it's like a lot of the stuff started in like the 50s. If you go back and look at what Iran was back in, in like the 1950s and 60s, totally different than, than what it is it better? now. By my standards, absolutely right. 100%. Uh, because it wasn't... They had, uh, like, women's rights and things back yeah, then, didn't they? they, they I, I would say they dressed like normal people, which is a very Western thing to say. <laughs> they dressed like Western people. And, and you know, it, it looked like a Western society. And then all of a sudden, it, it wasn't. And the U.S. kept... The U.S. essentially goaded uh, Iraq into attacking Iran. The U.S. is also, and this is one of the things that I think is, I I understand why the U.S. does this, but imagine that you're, uh, a, let's just say somebody did it to the United States. Somebody else invented yeah, that would make us very um, nuclear weapons first, and the U.S. goes, hey, we would like nuclear weapons. And they're like, no way. You do not get nuclear weapons. Like, well, why not? Because well, you're they not cause a good more person. damage than you think they do. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think everybody knows how much damage, but the the... The thing is, well, why do you get them and not us? Because of they are unstable. But they're unstable in part because of us. <laughs> and that's going to be the argument always mm. is if, and I don't know the answer because you look at somebody like North Korea. North Korea has nukes. I wish they didn't have nukes. No, because he's for real crazy. He is pretty for real crazy. But it, it's, I totally understand why countries are like, you don't get to decide what we do. You don't get a, a say. This is our That's country. because you're a libertarian. It, I am a libertarian, <laughs> but you're I like, also don't understand. Go ahead and take that chunk of another country. That's fine. <laughs> if you were to put the, uh, uh, Noam Chomsky, who is this leftist guy, he would always have this thing said, put the shoe on the other foot. Imagine somebody's doing this to you. Yeah. It, it's a different story. And that's one of the things that I think, you know, maybe if the U.S. were better actors, it wouldn't be the same way. There's there's a meme on the internet that says, uh, you can tell that Iran is looking for a war. Look how close they put their country to all our military bases. <laughs> and, and it's funny, but, but imagine... That's their fault. Yeah, like mm -hmm. imagine that all of a sudden all, this country puts military bases all around the United States. You don't go, oh, they're probably just good people. Yeah, but you also have to think that they did not put up that many military bases because there was no problem. It, it, it is, that's probably very true. Mm -hmm. But that's also something that w the, the lens that we see that through is essentially through the United States lens. Well, and my lens is extra foggy because I did not research this far back <laughs> in that direction. I, when I was thinking about this topic, I was like, okay, I want to do like what's happening now. So that's kind of where I actually stayed this time. And uh, it is just as jumbly. And so I do need to go back. I need, Maybe we should do a whole episode on Iranian relations with maybe, America. Maybe because I tried looking into it. Because one of the things that I was thinking with, because first off, when we were looking into this, I was not, I didn't even look at Iran until like way later. Yeah, and I oh, went yeah. and started looking at like, okay, I want to understand the Iranian sanctions thing. And I found this website that like explained all this, and I just could not. I didn't have the time to really yeah. understand it because one of the things that I thought was, you, you look at say, the the Iranian nuclear program, and there's yes. a huge history there that I think is fascinating. The Stuxnet virus and. 
we've done, uh, you know, they, they've sent, you know, fighting. Iraq in to bomb things. Israel sent, you know, stuff oh, in. Oh, we are going to gonna have to do an episode on that because I have no idea what you're talking and, about. And it's pretty, there, there's a crazy history so you know, it says here, Iran, but I wanted to understand the oh, sanctions. I know what it is. It's because they keep funding terrorist groups. That, so that is why the United Nations and everybody is like, you can't have nuclear weapons because you keep funding all of these people who keep going in and trying to attack other people. In a way, like, I know that you're a libertarian. I know that you think people should be autonomous. But there's also a certain mindset in people that will end up resulting in people dying if someone does not step in. So what is more ethical to say, hey, you get to make your own decisions as a country, or I know those decisions are going to result in the killings of hundreds of thousands of people. So, But my response to that you. would be, when did they start funding? Well, Because oh. if I was a betting man, I would say the United States started messing with them before they ever funded any terrorists. We are going to have to do an episode on that and we find will, that answer. We will, because I don't know the answer. Because I cannot imagine that. And, and, uh, and I looked Though into all these weird things, but like I said, I, I didn't really look into the Iran stuff until way later, and I didn't understand it because I wanted to understand the sanctions because that was one of the big things in like 2015 or something. Uh, we'll say the United Nations, I don't know what group, they made a deal with Iran about their nuclear program that says, hey, we won't you know, sanction you if you kind of knock your nuclear program stuff off. So according to this, the sanctions started in 1979, and Iran started working with terrorists on the actual, like designated as a terrorist group in 1984. Right. So it could have, but we will have to give you more information about that. And it's one of those things that I think there's a good chance that what it is, is once somebody comes in and says, hey, we've decided how your country works, you you change the rules. You're like, I don't like that, so now I will fund people who want to kill you. I they didn't fund see that. People... But one of the problems that I have in my limited knowledge of the Middle East is that the way that they, they don't do things in a diplomatic way. They do things in more of a antisocial way where they're like, I'm offended, so I'm going to come around here and covertly stab you in the back instead of being like, hey, let's talk about why this doesn't See, work. See, and I for don't us. think there's even, I, I think all the covert stuff is against, say, like the United States. Yes. The, the biggest issue that I have with the, the Middle East, it is most definitely not libertarian by any definition at no. all. Uh, authoritarian is how you start that. Authoritarian. And, and it's, <laughs> to me, it's crazy. It's one of the reasons that I look at like what's happening in, in Gaza, and, and I don't really care as much, because I think I would hate if Hamas won. I would oh, yeah. hate it. I oh, think yeah. that's absolutely terrible. Why would Nobody. anybody back this group that, is, yeah. that says they're going to kill anybody who doesn't you know follow their religion? They do give, you know, Christians and even, they even say Jews in their religion get a pass, but they have to be subservient. Everybody else gets killed. It's, it is Why terrifying. Why would you ever support that? No. I cannot understand. <laughs> and, and, I, and the thing that they have inside their religion is if they, if they are a minority, they don't have to do some of the serious things, like the killing of people who have different morals than them and and all of those things. But if they become a majority in the area, they have to then start doing those things. And yeah. I'm like, 
there's there's a Winston Churchill I think quote that says you know when the Muslims are minority they talk about minority rights all the time when there's a when they're the majority there are no minority rights that's interesting that's true and, and that's basically and what it is is talk that about it in every shows, Muslim country you they don't have groups of other religions they I mean some of them have like two percent whatever which is what I think in Gaza there's like two percent Christians or something like that but you don't they don't really have any level of divert you basically join their religion or die yeah there's two different branches that are common in is uh Islam and but what's kind of funny about this is because I, one of the things that got me all terrified and having to pace my house because I can't handle some of this information this fast is the United States just called out NATO and they said, okay, NATO, you, we're going, not the United States, NATO called out NATO and said, we're going to be doing some training exercises. So they have 90,000 troops coming in from around the world to do training exercises together because of the things we're going to talk about in a minute which we'd better switch over to so I that we can, we, can, we can get to Iran later. But I did not know that they were so chummy that China, Russia, and Iran are coming in March of 2024 and doing trainings together too. And I was like, what? What? Because I had a tinfoil hat that you can go back into our previous episodes and I will say, hey, I think that Russia, China, and even Iran or whatever are working together. And I think that they're funding uh, the, Pal- the Gazan people. Like, and I think that they're, they're doing this. And I think this is for this. But to find out that they are chummy enough to be like, yeah, I, I see you're in a war with the United States, kind of. Come do this with us. Because the reason NATO was gathering together is because of Russia. Not because of Iran. It was because of Russia. So the reason, so I'm going to talk about this really quick. Skip to this. So on January 15th of 2024, Germans found some Russian documents. And I will just start out saying, I do not know if this is a red herring. I do not know if this is real documents or if this is what they use to sort of be like, oh, yeah, see, this is why we're going to war. Just like I believe Russia's like, oh, yeah, see, this is why we're going to war. Like, I don't know. But what I do know is it laid out so much of their plans for the, their future attacks. And so it kind of suggested very clearly in these notes that they were going to plan on attacking those NATO countries that were really close to them. And one of the reasons I kind of took this, and we'll get into the details in just a second, is because Sweden came out a few weeks ago and said, hey, Sweden... I know we haven't been to war in 200 years, but get ready. We might be going to war. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Because of all this stuff with Russia. And Sweden is now officially almost in NATO because of this. And man, man, I was just like, okay, so here's what the papers say. They outline troop placement. They outline what they think other people are going to do to respond to those troop placements. They talk about cyber attacks as well as troop attacks. And this is hilarious. So one of the things that was brought up on this news 
that I watch. I started watching news from India because it's got more of that area's news in it. (laughs) So weird to hear him talk about like American issues and have like no emotion in their voice. You know, oh, it was attacked. And in America, they're like, there was an attack. (sighs) Kind of a thing. Anyway, so they said that it said that Putin is going to use the time. If Trump or whoever is not Biden wins the election, then the U.S. will not have a leader for a few weeks. And that is when Putin will attack. And I was like, that's not how it works. (laughs) What? See, and I think that with a lot of things. But I, so I went, I had seen that document about the the Germans releasing. And I don't know what to make of this. Because here's my tinfoil hat thing is Mm -hmm. I started reading the actual wording. And I've got it here. This is the wording that was in the document. It lays out stuff. They've got the February 2024 to March, May 2025 of what they say is going to happen. But if you read, it says leaked documents from the German Ministry of Defense show the government is worried Russian President Vladimir Putin will target NATO next with the following plan. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say they know he's going to do it. It doesn't say they have any information he's going to do it. It says they're worried. And I get into this thing that I think this reminds me of the Hunter Biden laptop thing where people were like, this sounds like Russian propaganda. They knew that it wasn't. And you go and say, well, you knew it was Well, it sounds like it. This is exactly what Russian propaganda would sound like. We are worried. So I have yeah. no idea if they have any information. And so part of what me is that watching like. to is see. Is it a handwritten note in somebody's pocket? <laughs> or is this like a big, gigantic folder? Like, they they just this? ask a guy, well, like, what are you worried about? Well, we're worried Russia's going to attack us. No, but well, yeah, the everybody's worried. The leaked documents. But the leaked documents just show that the government is worried. <gasps> the leaked documents don't show that there's a plan. But they outline the plan. I know. However, what but was But that's what I'm saying is what is this? Is this the plan that you're worried or do you have information? I did notice in the little bits. I mean, of course, I did not read any of these papers, but I just heard reports about these papers. But there were parts where they talked about the NATO response. And so if they were the German documents, they'd be like, if they came into this, then we would do that. It, it, well, so <laughs> that in their documents that they say they're worried, they specifically target Russia going through Poland and Lithuania, which mm-hmm. are NATO countries. If that were to happen, that should, by every definition, trigger a NATO response. Oh, yes. So, so and I, that is why I think they're starting their training groups together. I mean, technically, they do that training every year. This is just the biggest one since 1988. Oh, so they do. do every the single every year, year, they do these trainings. But they do them in different spots. Which, if you want to get into tinfoil hat stuff, there's some beautiful. No, you should do a training with people you're going to fight with. No, but I, the tinfoil hat thing is like they did a training up in the Baltic Sea uh, a month before the Nord Stream pipelines exploded. And there's oh. a journalist in the United States <laughs> called Seymour Hirsch who broke the My Lai massacre story in Vietnam, broke the Abu Ghraib story in Iraq, who says, I have information that the United States sabotaged the Nord Stream pipeline. Here's how they did it. And they used the cover of these trainings that they I do. remember that now that you say that. And so part of me wonders, like, is this a misdirection thing? Like we talked about uh, the Wagner group with, 
uh, Belarus, going into Belarus, where, which, by the way, I think, hasn't that been a thing? Because, because <laughs> one of the things that they were saying with this exercise that they're doing is they're testing uh, the U.S. ability to get troops over to Europe. Well, and one I think, of the is things... this just a ruse to get U.S. troops over there? So on a non-tinfoil hat theory, it was it was talking about how they are already deploying troops into that region. They have like thousand or so troops in the area, um, and I don't know exactly where, but um, they are doing things so that they already have a placement. So if some conflict starts, they can deal with the conflict until the troops come. So in a way, I if there is some sort of other part to this, which I wouldn't be surprised, I also think there is a practical part to this. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious. So if you go to NATO's website, they talk about their response abilities, and they basically say we have 100,000 troops that can respond within 10 days. Isn't that crazy? And they got a next level tier two. In 10 to 30 days, they can get 200,000, and in 30 to 100 days, they can get 500,000 troops. That's 180 days. And I am like... 10 days is too long. <laughs> I know they need it, but I'm like, if someone was attacking me, I remember when Hurricane Katrina happened, and in the United States, they have this kind of hazy, not really a rule, but just kind of a, a guideline to say you need a 72-hour kit because you need to be able to live three days without any assistance because it's going to take us at least three days to get to you if there's some sort of large-scale blizzard, hurricane, whatever. It could take us three days to get to you. So here comes Hurricane Katrina. Took them three days to get there. It was chaos. So I'm like, oh no, 10 days. <laughs> and, and 10 days is, is pretty crazy. It but is at the same fast. time, the only way to have a, a lower response time is to have bases everywhere. everywhere. And that's, which is, the United States practically does anyway. The United States, like the. They had... And by the way, back to your thing, they cannot put a base in a place that they have either not conquered or gotten permission from. And Which so is an interesting... they got permission to surround Iran, so know that those countries were like, sure thing, you come on in. All right. Now you're going to get the crazy man's response to Let's that. Let's hear it. So Hold on, everyone. Brace yourself. Brace yourself be ready for, for crazy. an exciting ride. So... I was reading, they, they went and did an interview with a, a U.S. general, and they're talking about these bases in uh, in the Middle East. And they talk and say, well, don't the people, you know, the people don't want these bases. And they said, I know, but the government wants the bases. And the government can't really say they want the bases because the people don't want the bases. The, you know, the people will be mad if the government's like, oh, yeah, we want the bases. So the governments don't really support it, but he says the governments really do support it. The governments want it, and I think, let's pretend that we're going to make the world safe for democracy, and then the people don't want something, we're like, ah, stupid people. Don't do what the people want, do what the government wants. And I think, we got to quit saying we're going to make the world safe for democracy, because we don't even believe, if, if we wanted to be democratic over there, we'd say, oh, the people don't want us. Let's leave. But we know that the people are dumb. Well, I don't think that that necessarily means they're anti-democracy. What does it mean? I So, I would take it back to that you have a responsibility for your people. You have governments there that do not have 
the means to pay for things, the means to have the weaponry, the means to defend themselves. And by simply putting an American base in your country, you have now put up one of those neighborhood watch signs in your, in your country and you have protected your people in a way that they might not love it because they don't like the people who do neighborhood watch. But, but you're not talking about democracy. You're talking about the opposite, saying the people are too dumb to know what's good for them. Well, I don't know that it's net. Well, oh, my gosh. I can't believe in this day and age you are using that. No, I, I am using that, that because the that... options are either we should go democracy or we shouldn't, which is a very interesting argument well, all by itself. Any form of government requires some sort of power over the people and to make decisions not necessarily and in with the theory, people's approval, but also those people do not know the underhanded things that are going on on a governmental level between those countries. So if you pull up, you know, random Tom off the street in whatever country and say, hey, did you know that those people have weapons trained right on your city and that they are having people come over your border and lacing your, your wells with whatever? And they'd be like, no. So it's exactly. not up to them. But, but the thing is, this is what I always get. Any government can say anything they want. They can. And you cannot know if they because they won't show you it's, any of the proof. You are they right. They won't show you anything. You're just, you're too dumb to be allowed into the circle. You are too. Well, oh my gosh. Can you imagine if everyone was allowed into the circle? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a freaking zoo. It oh probably gosh, would be a zoo. No. There but what we so have now chaos. is also no. a zoo. No. I I am authoritatively putting my foot down about that. That's say, what I love. Because honestly, I think that's what done. everybody is really going to come <laughs> down to is they're going to go like, we want democracy. But not really. Like, no, don't we don't really even have, have democracy. democracy. We, we have, well, that's not what I mean. But we have a representative republic where we vote for people in. And do they do an amazing job? Not all the time, right? But see, we get oh, so off topic because I'm like, you want to hear my tinfoil hat response to that? <laughs> <laughs> we had to talk about World War Three. Let's, Let's rewind. Let's go back to World War Three. Because <laughs> when you talked about who's in charge of what and where the bases are, I was thinking about how I watched this YouTube video that I highly recommend and could not finish because I was just like, ah! <laughs> it's from DW News. And it's called Decoding Putin's, oh, I think something typoed, and Z's Blueprint for a New World Order. So China and Russia's Blueprint for a New World Order. And I thought to myself, because here's where I go off of the norm here, is I think, take it. Take it, pal. Enjoy being the one that every country calls when they're feeling scared about their neighbors. Enjoy funding every freaking war that anybody's, like, having trouble with. Enjoy. Enjoy everyone picking apart every single decision your government makes. And I laughed super hard at China. I was like, have fun with that. Have fun now becoming the target of every country's cyber attacks. Have fun. Enjoy it. Because you know what? As the United States, we will take our money to our own country, and we will then benefit ourselves and you can just ride that train up to the, I mean, ride that elevator up to the top and see how fun it is to be hated by the entire world and yet begged for assistance at all times. Because when you say that there are bases, I think, you know what? 
I do think that they were begged for those bases. A lot, not all you, of them. You think so? Oh, absolutely. Because if I ran a country that was anywhere near Iran, <laughs> I ran it. <laughs> I would want somebody in there that was bigger than what I could offer to help protect me from a country who had nuclear weapons and who had a very emotional way that they ran their government, which Iran does, which Saudi Arabia does. So Iran currently so many does of not have nuclear weapons. Who has a nuclear weapons? Uh, Israel? No, Iran has nuclear weapons. No, Iran has been working on nuclear weapons, and that's what all the sanctions and the whatever, and one of the things that they say is that Iran could probably get nuclear weapons. Um, I guarantee with their friendship that they have, you're right. They don't have a viable system yet. I thought they did. But <laughs> with the friends they have in North Korea, Russia, and China, they will be nuclear heavy pretty soon. <laughs> well, I, so realistically, you get into any sort of alliance. If you have uh, a Russian-Iranian-China alliance, it, it doesn't matter who's got the nukes. So whether or not there is any sort of alliance, and this it is where things China, get into... Because if China gives the nukes, they've lost their entire economic stability. They will be hated by everybody. I know, they but... They can't the, afford that. They, they can't afford that, but imagine that you could talk to somebody without somebody knowing, and you go to North Korea and say, hey, you guys give nukes to Iran. Everybody hates you China anyway. just went to North Korea and yeah. had a week-long diplomatic tra-la-la with them like two weeks ago. So, so there are ways around it is what I'm saying is is if there really is that alliance and that's where things get to the point is I don't know what is going on and, and that's oh, what bothers me. Oh but shouldn't you have an equal say for I the should, government? <laughs> but what I should is have equal information. If you want your people no. to make informed decisions they need information. But you Otherwise you are just guiding them. But you also cannot every out there for the opposition to take advantage of. You which think is that why... you think North Korea doesn't know North Korea's got nukes? No, I mean like saying, "Hey, there could be this, or we're going to do this for this reason." Like, I think there needs to be a certain amount of confidentiality in the government. But I do think, hmm, I also think there is a benefit to the they don't know that we know how much we know kind of a thing. And that's actually the big argument that they always give is mm -hmm. that they don't want to let you know what they know. Because then they'll know, oh, they know this. They must be a way that they know this. How do they know this? And then they'll figure out what people are doing to know the secret stuff. Because when I was, we were doing research on the Chinese balloon that flew over the United States. And the person from the State Department got up, and he's doing this interview, and he's talking like this is the oldest news in the world. And I was like, I'm kind of comforted that this didn't, like, come out of nowhere. And he's like, don't worry, we were aware of this. Don't worry, we were aware of this. And I'm thinking... We just don't tell you because you can't... Yeah. Handle. You can't handle the you, truth. They can't. Look at the general population. Let's look at IQ specifically. The average IQ is 99, which means half of the entire population of the United States has a lower IQ than 99, okay? And then you have those people who, you know, <laughs> got a lot of people, right? And I'm not saying that 99 is stupid because 99 is not stupid. It's average. But if you start hit, hitting below average, and you should see, you don't get on social media. This is why you don't know how stupid the American population is, <laughs> is because you don't have a social media page. If you did, you would be like, I get it. 
I totally get it. Well, there is a part of me that gets it, but but it, it goes back to what I think is we we have this thing where we pretend, you know, hey, where do this tomorrow? Everybody's got a vote and a say, and but we don't really mean it because we'll let you have a say about some things, but you just don't understand. Well, and I think that once you get into any sixth grade history class, they explain that to you. But I no, every sixth grade history class is look how great we are. That's what sixth grade <laughs> history is. It's not till you get to like college level history that all right now you get the big kids history. Because uh-huh, if you listen to those commercials for that charter school on the radio, they talk about how it is a representative democracy in the sixth grade. <laughs> and you have or a say, and your vote matters. <laughs> no, it's well in a way, but I also, I mean. First off, find me another better country. There might be one or two, but you're not going to find me many more. Which reminds me, so in one of the, (laughs) this is a side note. We go more on side notes than we'd like. In the India news source called First Post, they have, (laughs) we're giving this stuff about how they, you know, talking about Iranian drones and how they're building them from a reverse-engineered American drone for about 20000 bucks a pop, which is fairly cheap for something that flies. And so I was listening about that, but then they were talking about some sort of vote that was happening. Oh, my gosh. I can't even tell you the country, but it was either Pakistan or Afghanistan. And they're like, there's 500 and some odd people who are, you know, coming up for election, 300 and something, which are men, two who are transgender. I was like, what? I don't know anything. (laughs) I did not think either of those countries would allow that. So that was really funny to me. But that was a side note. Let's go on. (laughs) So it just made me realize just how little I know about certain parts of the Middle East. Because you kind of do stick to your region, stick to the threats to your region. And now that the whole world is threatening us, I'm like, oh, look at what I'm finding out about this guy. Look at that. But it was it was so funny because when you hear it from the Indian news sources, and it's really just so chill. I just was like, huh, you're not an emotional enough about this. You are not caring about this as much as you need to. See, and that might be the best perspective, honestly, That's is the outside perspective. Mm-hmm. Because everything that I keep looking at, I, I just think... Like, everything just sounds like propaganda to me that I got to the point where I don't know that I trust any sources because everybody just has an agenda. You go look at all the people that are trying to fund Ukraine and they, everything is this, you know, this is going to be a colossal disaster if we don't do this and and Putin's going to, you know, take over the world if we don't stop him in Ukraine And, and I think he can't even take Ukraine. Like, what What makes you think he's going to come take over all of Europe when he can't take over the poorest country in Europe? <laughs> like, he's not going after Germany. Like, it's not like he got halfway into Germany. He got a quarter way into Ukraine and got bogged down. And, and the truth is, that's because we sent them a lot of equipment. Which is what he said in an interview this last week. He's like, the war would be over if the United States wouldn't keep sending weapons it, it to would. Ukraine. And I'm like, yeah, but that's because you'd win. <laughs> and, 
and, and here's what I don't understand. This is the part that I cannot comprehend, and it makes me, it, it actually makes me upset because I worked with a bunch of Ukrainians. Oh, yeah. And, you know, essentially these were my friends. And the U.S., from, from my perspective, the U.S. is essentially using Ukraine saying, hey, it's good, you know, you guys fight to the death. We'll be over here. We'll send you some stuff. And they go, well, why don't you come fight? You know, if this is an existential threat to the world, which is what all your politicians are saying, why aren't we there? And they go, oh, because we don't want to start World War Three. Mm-hmm. Well, then why are we sending missiles? You think Russia is like, oh, we got, we got killed by American missiles, but a Ukrainian pressed the button. So no, no cause for alarm here. Like, yeah. I don't understand the logic. Why is it okay that we send hundreds of billions of dollars of military equipment but if we send troops we're crossing a line like i don't i, I don't understand it i don't and, understand and it bothers it. me because all well, the rhetoric all is we're okay with the ukrainians dying by i there's this uh uh site that i'm trying to remember what it was called i got it in my notes here somewhere but my notes are uh colossal it mess. really was just like a paint splatter trying to find all of these pieces but there's it's a site everywhere. called the global peace initiative mm-hmm. they said 65 percent of ukrainian men aged 2020 2024 are gone 65 <gasps> percent and a bunch of them left you know they didn't want to fight wow. but, but they're they're dead or they're gone 65 percent and we're over okay, here, well, we'd like to come help you, but not enough to come help you. But you also, because of the NATO treaties, you can't, and we have been but getting that, them But there's weapons. nothing in the NATO treaties that says we can't do this. The NATO treaties are basically a defensive treaty saying, you can go get involved in any wars, but we're not coming to your aid unless you get invaded. It doesn't say anything mm. about this. The only... The, the concern is that if we go over there, we cross a red line. That Which, Russia then says, fine, you're getting nukes. That's the concern. It is a concern because that is sort of what it seems like Russia's been trying to do. And what China's been trying to do. It's, it kind of seems like this is what they've been trying to do. And what's funny is... But they could, they could drop nukes anytime they want. Not, not according to their nuclear agreements. Oh, the, the thousands of agreements that both Russia and the U.S. have backed out of, oh, nobody, these agreements are no longer worth anything. The now Minsk Accords not. that they signed, or, yeah. you know, at the beginning, they're worth nothing. The U.S. backed out of Iran, Iranian agreements, they're worth nothing. The U.S. backed out. The, we had a treaty with Russia about the uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles. We backed out of that. We had a, an agreement with Russia that we would never expand NATO any, you know, one inch past Germany. We broke that. That's true. There's, there's a ton he, of stuff. And that's where I look and say, maybe we need to be better actors if we want other people to be better actors. But also note that these issues in the Middle East happened within two years of all of the chaos that happened when the United States take one of those bases out of Afghanistan. And then they're like, ooh, <laughs> like, well, crazy. first off is what were we doing there in the first place? Well, I'm not first offing this right now because we are okay. specifically talking about World War Three. So starting. let's talk about World War Three. The U.S. left Afghanistan in the most ridiculous Stupid, manner ever. Stupid, embarrassing, 
Yeah. We had like a full year's notice that we're supposed to get out, and we wait till 24 hours before, and then we act like we had this heroic mission of leaving. Like we, it was we left $8 billion worth of equipment that just falls into the hands of people that we hey, say yeah. are terrible people. Yeah. And then we act like, oh, that's odd that these people now have all this power. Where did they get all this power from? <laughs> Who knows? So we we leave. We now have, uh, you know, like like Afghanistan is not a threat in, in any. They're not involved in the World War Three picture at all at this point. At this point, mm-hmm. that we know of that we know of. But realistically, like they're why not? they don't have the technology. They don't have the organization. They're not going anywhere. The only thing that they could really do is join a fight against Israel, which could happen. But that's really logistically difficult for them. It would be. I actually kind of just think that Afghanistan is is mostly a non-factor. Yeah, because they would have to pass a lot to get there because they don't have a water source to sort of go into open water. Yeah, basically they just go through Iran and then I I just don't, logistically I don't see them as any sort of factor. They could be. So you have China over here. They could be like the place where Iran and China are letting everything through. Uh, to and, each and other. It, but the truth is, I don't think they need to. So if if you look and say, let's say that China joins Iran in, it, it, if unless India is on the United States side, no, I don't think then so. With they the... just take their boats over, and who's going to stop them? But they're trying to be covert. This is a way they could be covert. I don't. You got I think covertness truck. doesn't work anymore. I don't know. I still because think there's a possibility. It, it's like when. I mean, look how good. You, you look at Russia. Yeah, when they Russia put all their did. people up against Ukraine. <laughs> We're yes. like, here's all their bases, everybody. And we show these satellite photos that say, look, you can see they're, they're amassing troops. We counted 200,000. Like, there isn't a way to hide that anymore. But there is if you're doing like a, hey, I have this nuclear weapon in the back of this whatever, or I have That's true. uranium and you don't, it's going but, over. But again, you don't need to drive through Afghanistan to do that. You put it on a container ship and and just march it over there on, on the ocean. Like, nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Maybe. <laughs> and and uh, the truth is, is like, maybe. I don't know what uh. our capabilities are. Well, it was really interesting, and we've talked more about Iran than I thought we were going to. I thought we were going to more talk about Russia. But Lester Holt of NBC Nightly News asked a man named Amir Iravani, Amir Saeed Iravani, and he was talking to him and did an interview, and he was talking to him about Iran-backed groups (laughs) and, like, the funding that they give, and he essentially said, this is his quote, In the case of Palestine, we're sending arms. We're training them and empowering them. But with other parts of the regions, in the resistance parts of the region, we have some coordination, cooperation, consultation, and maybe some financing also. (laughs) It was like, who knows? Maybe. What? He just admitted it. And I was like, I, I feel like, is this what he's saying so that he can, like, amp up his base and be like, yeah, it was us. Look what we've done, you know? Because other than that, I'm like, why would you do that? Like, I... You just made your target bigger on you. And you are just hoping nobody is going to respond. Because what would be super hilarious is if some random outside source was like, you know what? <laughs> 
I'm going to take over this. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Mauritania is like, bow, bow, bow. just kidding. I know Mauritania doesn't have any large scale weapons, but it would be funny. <laughs> but I did think that that was interesting. But I also like to quote that it was actually Elon Musk who quoted this man named Eric Hartman. And it says, war is a place where young, the young kill one another without knowing or hating each other because of the decision of old people who know and hate each other without killing each other. And I thought, that's true. Like, here are these old guys who know each other, who refuse to be accommodating to each other. And sometimes, of course, it requires not being accommodating, but who are sending these young guys to die. And it makes me mad, especially as a mom. Like, oh. So here, my quote that I wanted to bring up was from Herman Goring in World War II in the Nuremberg trials. Mm. Is he said, "Of course, the people don't want war, but after all, it's the leaders of the country who determine the policy, and it's always a simple matter to drag the people along, whether it's a democracy, a fascist dictatorship, or a parliament, or a communist dictatorship. Voice or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of the leaders. That's easy." All you do is you tell them they're being attacked and you denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to greater danger. That and is that's, what the papers, the German papers felt like to me. And, and all, all the stuff that I'm reading feels like all these people say, like, we have to fund Ukraine or else. And I just think it is so hard not to believe these people anymore. And it makes me sad that that, that that's kind of how I feel is like, now I no longer trust the the people who are making these decisions, and part of it is because like there, there's a whole thing on propaganda. There's book, you know, manufacturing consent and all this stuff. It is they know how to get people to do stuff. They know how to get people to go along. They know how, and I just think like what chance do we stand? You know, like we're basically stuck. Like whatever their their bidding is, it's going to happen. Well, given that that is probably the case, you know, what do you do? I don't know. <laughs> that's what got me with this whole thing is I'm looking into this stuff and, and it's so crazy because, you know, to, to sum up, you know, we got the stuff going on in Ukraine. You got the Middle East. You got North Korea who is now going kind of nuts, which I saw more information on that. So oh, yeah. if you look at what they've done historically in election years, they amp up their behavior. They called it belligerence. It's the site that they they amp it up by three hundred and seventy five percent during election Whoa. years. I would stuff just want like to determine the descent of the percent of belligerence. And, and I always wonder what the goal is with some of that because I saw, uh, like China did this, you know, one of their military exercises around Taiwan. In, like August or something of last year. Yes. And it was right before the Taiwan elections, and Taiwan voted for the non-China part. Like, I don't know that it's effective to, to try and do stuff to, you know, like, we'll do our little show of force, like the NATO thing, where they were like, we're going to have 90,000 troops put on this little show of force to show Russia what they're going to get. if they Is that effective? or? Yeah, but it was. Not the not the ninety thousand troops. We don't know that yet. But when I talk about the the troops that were in the ocean in Taiwan and how they're running all those things with the United States, which they had run a few with the United States anyway, but it was bigger and it was a big show. And the Chinese kind of came and picked at them and were like, 
swiping by the airplanes and swiping by the boats. However, if you notice that China's like, oh, you can't have this election. You can't have it be this way. You can't have it be this way. But because of the little hoo-hoo, then the people of Taiwan were like, no, we're still going to vote anti-China. I know. That... And that has like gone whisper quiet over there. Like the President Z gets up and he says, no, we will still da-da-da-da Taiwan. But he's now like, okay, this isn't a thing. And let me move over and look at Russia. Like he's, whatever it was, it fizzled out and it did its part maybe to help with the election. Because, of course, it would have been better for China, mainland China, if they had just said, no, we'll, we'll come back to you. Like, of course, that would have been better for them. But it's just sort of fizzled out. And there's a lot of rhetoric that still occurs, but not nearly like there was six months ago. Because I think that they are on to bigger and better things. Well, what I wonder, and this is where things, like, this stuff is, like, too complex. And what I really think, like, I don't have the information I need to make a good informed well, sort of decision. Like, I, and, and I don't make any decisions, so it doesn't matter. But, like, when you, we start talking about this World War Three sort of thing, and I think, okay, you, you know, what's going to happen? Like, if I'm trying to predict, I, I can't tell. And I look at some of the stuff, like with China, I think, okay, Russia went into Ukraine, and a lot of the world responded with, you know, sanctions, and, you know, we're not going to deal with Russia anymore. And it, was that an effective deterrent for keeping China from Taiwan? Do they look and go, well, if the world rallies against us and puts sanctions and doesn't trade with us, our economy goes to, you know, and our people their suffer. Their economy is going down. It is. And, and their manufacturing is going down. And I can't, t- like I saw something, and this is where I think I would love to live in this non-propaganda world where people reported the truth versus what they think makes their cause better. Yeah, but, but Teletubbies is off the air now, and you can't do that. <laughs> but I saw something what saying. What kind of perfect like, world do you get, think could be here? China, like, things are way worse in China than any, they're about ready to crash. And I think, is that is that true, or is this just the rah-rah, shish-boom-ba, U.S. Oh, is great? Both, I think. Because I, when I heard that the economy in China was bad, I was like, what? I know, I kind of thought that too. <laughs> but they say that they have... They have a better debt-to-GDP ratio than the United States. Let's remember that. Well, the U.S. has is, is gone, but it is <laughs> yeah. not good. Thank you, pandemic. Also China's fault. However, they have this thing where they, it's called, oh, let me look at it in my notes, Weibo? It's, it's like their Twitter. Yeah, Weibo. And it's a Chinese social media account where they monitor the posts that get put up so that you can't say any bad stuff about the government. However, they don't really monitor the comments. So when people post something, people then comment. So apparently a humorous thing, and this was reported by the, the, the India first post news that I was paying attention to, but the U S embassy in China posted a picture of a giraffe and the comments were like, 100,000 comments filled with stuff about how the government of China needs to work better on the economy, how manufacturing is slowing down, how they need to blow up certain parts of China. Like, it was hilarious. <laughs> and I just thought, maybe it's true. Like, But I also think it's true in America. Because right now we have inflation that's gone crazy. People can't afford things like they used to be able to afford them. But also, we're okay. 
So yeah. I bet it's like that in China, where everything's more expensive, things aren't working out like they wanted to be, but they're okay. See, and that's kind of what what I think. But I saw something that said like they they have essentially you know like when the economic crisis of like two thousand eight, they said that's about to happen in China, and I don't know if it's true. Oh yeah, or not. because of their housing situation. They said basically they you know what happens is they incentivize they people to go build all these. Cities. They have like millions and millions of like empty apartments and houses yeah because their people also didn't have babies and, and so they also didn't have people filling and, it up yeah they've got like <laughs> these ghost towns and, yeah. and uh, again and i'm assuming this is true but yeah. but i like i have no idea because there's a part of me that just thinks we're in this new generation of of warfare which is one of the things that i think is is going on is that you're not going to fight wars the same way. It's going to be, you know, economic and psychological and whatever else. Yes. There is an excellent uh, paper about this uh, that I can't remember who wrote it. Somebody Johnson wrote it out of England, and he talks about how war, and this was like 20 years ago, and he talks about how war is going to shift, and it's going to be more economic, and it's going to be more, and as it is, but also we've noticed more cyber attacks because one of the things that came out in the American news is they said, hey, you guys, your private servers at your home are now susceptible to China attack, like that they are gathering data and that they can do anything they want to it because it's just susceptible. And when you look at Which all I'm of the weaknesses that we don't even know that we have and we're finding, it's like, whoa. <laughs> it, it does kind of amuse me because I think uh, the U.S. has basically already been caught, like, stealing all everybody's, like, personal information and doing whatever. And then we're like, oh, China's doing that. it. <laughs> like, yeah, and when they do it, you say that they're enemies. When you do it, you're basically saying that the American people are the enemies of the, you know, we have yeah, to watch them. But Australia is doing it. And we don't care because we like Australia. Britain's doing it, and we don't care because we That's like Britain. That's not true. The, the we don't care. You, you care. You don't care. I don't care. I care. We as in like the the governmental we. Because I was reading this thing, and it, the General McMaster was talking about like warfare stuff, and he's saying, you know, basically it's a psychological warfare that Russia, China, and other, and I think What's the difference between them doing it and the U.S. government doing I gotta it? i got to be honest, though. This is the way I want my war. It's the psychological. I would rather have yeah. everyone be like, oh, instead of pew, pew, pew. Like, yeah, for sure. Give me Look at America right now and how many mentally unstable people that we have, which you don't even know because you don't have that social media account that we talked about. But lots of I was going to say, I only know one for sure, people. which is me. <laughs> Two. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like... You know, it's already happened, and we're okay. Like, we have a bunch of wackadoo people in the United States now, thanks to all of this warfare and all these people who have, like, pushed things certain directions. And it's like, nah, we are crazy, but it's okay. We've got this. See, so I'm there, like, yes, do this. Do this kind of warfare. There's part of me that looks at, you know, like, we blame it on, like, Russia, China, whatever. But, like, they've exposed emails. that The, the U.S. government had weekly meetings with, Twitter and Facebook and what, to talk about what to to put on the platforms and what to take off the platform. Yeah, but they also have had Russia didn't do that. Russia doesn't that. have weekly meetings with Twitter and Facebook. 
Russia does. Do they have Twitter and Facebook in Russia? Well, they got their own stuff, but but what I'm saying is, it's not Russia doing it to Americans; it's America doing it to Americans. No, I think that's definitely both. But I think that also all of those meetings that they had with Twitter and Facebook and things like that. Um, by the way, there is this part of me, get ready to be mad, who thinks that that's fair. Not telling them what they can necessarily and can't do, but to say, you guys are gigantic. You have the, the voices of all of these people. Know that this is a concern for us and this is, a, I think that that's fair. However, I, they are in trouble and they are having constant meetings and congressional meetings with the leaders of these companies. And I, I used to watch it during the pandemic because I was like desperate for information and just kind of like trying to have something to do. So I watched those during the pandemic and now people are getting in trouble. But that's also why What's-His-Face wanted to dump Twitter so bad is because he's like, I want to be out of this. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Because when you would hear him talk in those meetings, he's like, Ugh. Well, <laughs> So I hate the meetings because when I watch some of them and all I think is like, I'm mad at the politicians because none of them seem to be being honest. You go look and essentially, so I watched the, like a Facebook one and a Twitter one. Okay. And everybody on the left, Mm -hmm. well, it was Twitter at the time, but yeah, everybody on the left is going, you're not doing enough to stop all the, this hateful you know, talk and all the, the right wing talk and all the, and everybody on the right is saying, Hey, you're suppressing these voices and doing whatever but nobody there's not an honest discussion it's well that's because i think they do it stupid and they're like you have three minutes and 26 seconds to get all of your stuff out go it is pretty stupid (laughs) but 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 what's odd to me is that they they call up and basically they're just attacking these people and i think they have number one you should understand the people that are sitting there the people that run the com- you know companies and they also had just had different people in different positions that they brought in like these are american citizens you should be treating these people with the same respect that you think they're supposed to be treating you with if you and look they at the have other congressional no meetings respect. totally the same so they are treating them like the other american people <laughs> uh, no they should be treating them with the respect that they think they you know because yes. You go talk, you watch some of these things, and somebody will say something, that, I am a congressman, you need to treat me with respect. Well, that's a U.S. citizen. You should be treating them with respect, and there is no respect, no honesty in any of these meetings, and it drives me mad yeah, because I agree with you. There there should be conversations about, you know, how what are the rules around these platforms? Because the platforms are basically... Anybody, you know, with the the Facebook and Twitter, anybody gets to say whatever they want. Yes. And until th- someone decides they can't. And, and and somebody, you know, so what do you decide? You know, like if somebody goes on and tells lies, is that okay? Well, how do you know what's a lie? How do you, there's no good answers to yeah. most of that stuff. However, when you are on social media, and I'll just tell you this, when you have that one person who's constantly saying all this stuff. Everyone's like, oh, the one person. It's true. Yeah. And what I think is, it doesn't matter. That person can say whatever they want. (laughs) They're not changing the world. But you go look in what, when the, you know, Billy Bob tells a lie on Facebook, nothing happens. When the United States government tells lies, that's 
big. You know, Billy Bob, not big. So you think the government owes you complete transparency and honesty? Uh, pretty much. Okay. And, and what I do think is I think it's okay to say, these are the things we're not gonna we're not gonna tell you how to make a nuclear, but we're not gonna tell you where we station our troops. We're not gonna tell you, but we are gonna tell you this is our policy. This is what we do. This is, you know, we're spending X amount of money on this, X amount of money on this. Well, te- I don't theoretically understand. they do. No, but theoretically, theoretically, like, and that's where they, they say, do. oh yeah, we absolutely do. But they also but it, it's did lies. you hear about the border bill that came across? Yeah. Which I wanted to talk about the border regarding World War Three as well because I have some information. Oh, I have conspiracy theories on it. But... I have actual information. So, but I did learn also that Russia does have Twitter. I mean X and Facebook. So well, I mean the world users. has it. Is mm-hmm. whether or not you block it. Well, it says they have seven point four point seven million users using X, and seventy one million users using. So, oh, and 64 are using Instagram. 64 people? Million. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 64 people are using Instagram. It's the coolest. So, when I was doing my research, I kind of focused in at the very beginning about the southern border because that's kind of a big deal right now. There was a bill that went through Congress that was supposed to fund the border, and it was like $118 billion or something. It turns out most of it was for Israel and Ukraine. Yeah, like sixty billion for <laughs> yeah. Ukraine, eighteen, and and, a, and and that's where I think some honesty would be nice. Yes. When you call this the border bill, and then like one, you know, tenth of it is border related. It, it's like the Patriot Act stuff again, where you're like, you know, if you're not a, you know, if you're a well, patriot, you would want us spying on you. <laughs> yes. But when when um, I was watching a documentary about this, and there was a lady who, first off, they're showing pictures of people coming across the fence. Because the way the fence works is there is a fence line, there is a road next to the fence line, but then eventually, several miles out of town, the fence ends. And so hopefully they think, oh, we're far enough out of town that you'll get caught as soon as you come over, I mean, as on the way to a place that has people in it. And um, that's kind of what they're hoping. And so that's what the fence that the wall that Trump wanted to extend. So there's a lady and they interviewed her while they're showing these videos. And she's like, I have worked in border patrol for eight years. And she's like, I come from a Spanish speaking home. I speak Spanish fluently, but she also doesn't have a hint of an accent. So she's obviously been in America either her whole life or most of her life. So she's like, in the last two years, I have come across several groups that don't understand a word I'm saying. She's like, because they appear to be from China or Russia or like places externally or the Middle East. Yeah. And she's like, they are coming across and they are coming across in huge numbers. And I think the numbers that they have officially of last year was like 27,000 people from China came across the southern border. And now again, the Middle East. And I think, you know what? You know, like we don't have good enough relations to be, first off, opening the drain, the tap to let everybody in. We don't have enough resources for that. But we also don't have enough relations to trust everybody that comes across that border. Now, we have okay relations with Central and South America. There's no one there that hates us 
to a large degree at this point, except maybe Colombia, but they like that we buy all their drugs. So they're like, we're cool. <laughs> we are shoving people. At, like drugs was the big issue. But now it's becoming international spies and and um, that kind of infiltration. And I just was like, whoa. Because one of the things that's happening in the United States right now is Texas is saying, I'm not letting these people in anymore. They cannot come into Texas. So they're putting up all this barbed wire like huge, massive rolls of barbed wire everywhere. And the freaking government is taking it down. And Biden is like, nope, you have to let people in if I say you have to let people in. And everyone's like, but you're not supposed to let people in. And he's like, no, no. And so there's like this huge thing going on with Texas, who is, by the way, the only country in the United States where it's constitutionally protected to secede whenever they want. So they can leave the United States whenever they want, according to their constitution, which was approved when they were, like, to come into the United States. See, and I'm one of those morons that think anybody can leave whenever they want. You can't leave whenever you want. You have to have a piece of paper, which I also learned. Where's the piece of paper? <laughs> That's right. It just reminds me of, of uh, Parks and Rec and Ron Swanson pulls out a piece of paper, you know, like, you need a permit for this. I have one. And then he pulls out a piece of paper that says, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Until whatever you want bugs me, and then I get to do whatever I want. That's right. It turns you know, into, you know, let, the wild, wild if, west. if you don't think I can, let's fight. <laughs> That's is, what it turns into. You cannot say that and then be like, I don't know why people go to war. That's I don't say I don't know why people go to war. <laughs> I have never, ever said that. Aww. What I say is the organized war, The the what what's happening is we're being compelled to go to war with information that is false. Well, but that's that's the game. Like they're It's giving... a bad game. <laughs> Why is that an argument? I didn't say it was an argument. I said it was facts. <laughs> I said that's what's happening. And I'm saying let's change in in theory, if we had the ability, if this was our government, we would get to change that. We would get to say, I vote that we quit playing games Only where we start wars. If you're in the majority. Which you might Who not is be. not in the majority of let's not start stupid wars? Hipper. Uh, nope. <laughs> I am in the I am in the let's not start <laughs> stupid wars. That's my vote. I feel like that would be the majority. Yeah. And it goes back to that quote is people don't want to go to war. Okay, but how if you are having issues, let's say because I truly do believe and maybe I am wrong. Maybe I've fallen into it. I do believe that China, Russia, and India, and whatever, Brazil, want to switch the world order, right? They've even said so. So okay, I feel like this is Okay, but go back. Right. The United States, George Bush, we're going to start a new world order. These are not the first people to say we're going to start a new world order. What, what kind of world order shifted with George Bush? I don't know. Why would he say we're about to start a new world order? I don't know. What? what? So why do we say when China does it, it's bad, and when we do it, it's good? I didn't say that they're saying it was bad. I said they're trying to attempt to do it as bad. They're trying. I mean, if you lived at your house, okay, let's say that you've made a lot of money and you've saved a lot of savings, and you need those savings. And then some guy comes in and he's like, you know what? 
I'm going to run your water in your yard and you're going to have to spend more money on that. Oh, and then they're like, you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to break your windows and you're going to have to replace those. And then you're like, I am bleeding money everywhere. I need this money in order to survive as a functional thing. When you go out with a baseball bat, a nice, soft, plushy one, and beat the crap out of him with this nice, soft, plushy baseball bat. You would. But, mm-hmm. like, imagine that you went over and took everybody else's stuff and then took it back, and then somebody came to get it back, and you're like, you can't have it. That's not how I see it. So you think... I'm in the majority. You, you <laughs> might be, because there really is the... Right now, the U.S. is essentially, we'll say, on top. Yeah, but I don't think they did it. I mean, I do think there was some, like, bruises that were passed on and some doors that were slammed in people's faces. I do think those things did occur. However, I think the majority of how was gotten to the top was done in a way that was not those things. And you have countries who not only do those things, very obviously, but they also do it to the people inside their country. And so I'm like, hey. So so our next podcast... Let's talk about how many different countries have uh, been involved, have, have created coups in other countries. Let's Please hold while I smack Tipper across the face. Let's, let's do that <laughs> one. Let's talk about who's got troops over, you know, who compels. Do you know what I found out, though? What? When I'm watching India's news, there are tons of countries that do this. That, that, that have troops in other countries. There I are. I didn't know. If this. you look at the number of bases that uh, other countries have, they, there was a. It was from 2015, so it was a Politico uh, thing, but it was Article. also uh, somewhere somewhere else. Um, oh, where's my notes? But but basically, they said, "Oh, the United States maintains 800 mili- military bases in more than 70 countries. Uh, Britain, France, and Russia have a total of 30." Combined. Combined. China has a handful, but the U.S. But China's going to be getting more. They're going to dump them in Iran. They're going to dump them in Russia. Russia's going to dump them in China. And and we go, oh, that's bad. It is bad. But we're doing it. But you have one situation where the world has just sort of nominated for the past 80 years the United States to essentially be the police force of the world. It is a nomination that they all kind of made up themselves. And they're like, hey, hey, I want to know who voted on that. They all, look at all those 70 countries. I bet like six of them are ones that didn't want a base in there. You think so? Yeah, I do. Because of previously stated things. (laughs) I I would, and I, again, I haven't researched this. I don't really know. But I do think that a lot of these countries, because I get annoyed. When countries are like, hey, help us. And I think, help yourselves. We're drowning over here. Help us. Okay. Like, we have to be the helper of all of these people. And I think we, that. We don't. We. Oh, that's actually. It's not like I, we have a I choice. I said that one time in class. I got railroaded because I was like, no, they can just take care of themselves. They're their own country. And I did get railroaded. So, in a way, there is a part of me that is like, yeah, this is your problem. But if we do that, you will end up having the Walmart of countries take over every mom and pop store in the world. So it is sort so, of an ethical which, dilemma. Which is there. what happens. We are the Walmart of countries. We are the Walmart of countries who has not 
literally taken over very many spaces. We have, what, like four or five places that are not necessarily states but are U.S. territories. Okay, you you have Russia who freaking walks over the border and takes a chunk of another country's land. You have China who invaded that space over by Afghanistan and was like, you're ours now and we're also going to throw you in prison camps for doing your religion. You have these countries who are like, no, I want more and I don't want your interference and I'm not going to let you live the way that you want to live and I am going to expand my borders. And you know what? You're over here, Taiwan, living a perfectly fine life. I want you too. And you know what? Hong Kong, you can't live the way that I told you you could live for 50 years. I want you too. And I'm like, okay, if you're talking about tyrannical Walmarts here, like large groups that are sucking up other groups, putting a Walmart base in another country is not the same thing as sucking them up and making them your own, which is what these two other large countries have indeed done. See, what I find amusing is you just said I was talking, you know, I got railroaded for saying the U.S. can back out of... Yeah, but that was like 20 years ago. So what's the Just difference? Just kidding, everyone. I'm only 18. What's the <laughs> difference? Like, what changed? So now you do think that the U.S. should be the police force? Oh, so when I was having that conversation, I, I mean, it was, it was a big conversation. I think the world has made us the police force. And, and I think that we have taken the opportunities to be like, oh, yeah, we have a few extra troops. Let us put a base in there. And I think we have taken that opportunity because when we have troops everywhere, then we are able to get more uh, information and all that stuff. So I do think we have taken advantage of the fact that people have wanted us, but I do think that they have wanted us. I think they have asked because I don't think a conflict breaks out and then all of a sudden the troops show up. I think that they are asked. So you think our bases in Japan happened because they asked or because we showed up there after World War II and camped now there? Now both. So, so here's my question. there are over 20 bases new, that are new now that were asked for. It, imagine <laughs> that we say, okay, the world voted us in. So explain how BRICS gets started and how there's 30-something countries that are trying to get into BRICS. Well, because I think that they are all very hopeful that they're going to ride on China's coattails and have a better exchange rate for all of their stuff. Because, but what is undeniably But if they were voting true, for the United States, why would they join something against the United States? Well, I think it's the same thing as in, like, we need you now, so of course we like you. Now we don't need you, so we don't really like you. And because I feel like the same thing would happen. Who's a good country? I can't think of a country right now. But a country that we don't have very good international relations with, if they were attacked and they asked for troops and we gave them troops, they'd be like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What kind of accent was that? Because that's a country I must have been thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, but then when it's all over, they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We hate you. And it's like, <sighs> like to be one of the most hated countries in the world. Then, is no then why do it? I, I do have to say, I think people are shifting that way. I think, I think people are going from, it hurts my feelings that this country invaded you and it hurts my feelings that they're killing you. Because as Matt, like you brought up that thing about Ukraine and you're like, why don't we just go over and fight? And it's like, because we don't want our people to die. 
and we don't want their people to die, so we give them weapons. But the truth is, we could also just not give them weapons. And so we could be like, no, sorry, you have to deal with this on your own, which of course is very sad and not fair. And and we have to balance what's sad and what's not fair, what's capable, what we have the funds for. And it's just an incredibly complex situation. See, and what bothers me with some of it is Ukraine and Russia were about to make peace, and the U.K. and U.S. said, don't make peace with them. And, and so we sit and we just keep them fighting, and we're happy. We'll go, we got people on record saying, this is great for the United States because we get to burn down Russia's military at, at somebody's expense. Like, Absolutely. this isn't free. We no. pick this country that is getting demolished so that we can be like, oh, look what we did to Russia. And I, I, like, that I bothers think... me. I don't think it was us because of the thing about the change of the world order, because he'd been talking about this since he invaded Crimea in 2014. I do think this was, they didn't invade Crimea in 2014. They were already there. They lived there. The people that they were 80% Russians in 2014. And they should have gone back to Russia. They tried. And guess what? The United States brought in a government that was U.S. friendly in 2014. They had a coup, put in a U.S. friendly government, and said, "This is the way it's going to be." I remember that. And and that's where I think we're not as good an actor as we pretend to be. Where we get to go around saying, "Oh, look, these people aren't acting nice." If we want people to act nice, act nice. Uh, while I agree with you. I would wonder what you would do in that situation in, if you were like, okay, I'm in charge of the United States. You're now the president of the United States. It is your job to keep the United States safe. It is your job to pay attention to the NATO countries. They're what not a NATO you? country. No, but Poland is. But Poland, Poland is, but what does that have to do with anything? That's the buffer zone. We, we are just That we created against that our word. Upset. We said, hey, we will never go into, we'll never go one inch past, you know, we'll, we'll never go one inch east of Germany, is what we said to Russia. And then we brought in Poland and Lithuania and a bunch of other countries. Okay, but don't you also have And to I say... think if we didn't go against our word, what would have happened? Because that's the key to me, is would Russia be a good actor and we screwed it up because we broke our agreement? Or... Would things have been way worse and us breaking our agreement is the best thing to happen to the world? Okay. I don't know the answer. In in I think if everybody was nice and followed their word, we did the wrong thing. If everybody's not nice, which is probably the truth, it is the then truth. maybe us breaking our word is the good thing. And I don't know. I just know that if I got to choose, I would want us to be good actors. Fine. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Just this once. I will fight you to the death on everything else. The, the downside <laughs> of that is that's the opinion of a guy who doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Which is why we don't have a democracy. That's why we have a representative republic. <laughs> so, Because you've done some research. I've done Imagine some research. Imagine all the 99% And I am still so confused. Well, what? gotten me confused about this is it does feel like there's no logic to this and when I get pensive and I think back to the past and I think is this what it felt like as we were headed into World War One or we were headed into World War Two? because those 
those conflicts started over there. They weren't based at us like they are now because they if they hated America, they sure hated the other countries more. Well, the U.S. wasn't on top of the world until after, after World, world War, II. War II. Because everybody else kind of got decimated, and the U.S., you know, like, it's not like the U.S. didn't get hit, but, like, yeah. we got, you know, a scrap compared to everybody else. Yeah, and we had Russia so got, much ability like, to... decimated. Germany yeah. got decimated. Britain got decimated. France got decimated. Russia got decimated so much that they still have a desire to return to the days before that because it has never gotten better since or not gotten better enough. So, yeah, I mean, it's a different world. And I was trying to look into comparisons, you know, like we talked, are we headed towards World War III? And I was looking, okay, when World War II started, you know, what what's the same thing? What were the signs? And you can see there's a lot of, like, similarities. You know, Japan went into Manchuria yes. in, like, 1931. So many similarities. And, and Just different countries. Yeah. Hitler went into, And you know, ironically, Poland some of the exact opposite Austria, countries. you know, like, there's a bunch of stuff that happened that, that you can look at and go, like, there's some, some serious similarities. Because Germany is now on the side of the U.S., and Russia and China, who used to fight with the United States, are now fighting the United States. Very 1984. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is super odd. It but, is. So I, I think that probably wraps it up. And I don't, like, we didn't even get to no, a lot of stuff. There's we so we much. get so distracted. I know. So and, many... and this was a crazy topic anyway. Like, even when I was looking into this, I thought, how are we going to, how? how are we going to stay on any sort of track? Like, there's not a logical, unless we were just say, all right, we're going to focus on. You know, Ukraine, then Middle East, then North Korea. Which then maybe we should. Uh, but. But I do feel like it was worth having a conversation. Yeah. All right. I think uh, that'll do it. You got anything else? Nope. All right. See ya. Bye.